chapter 1. We know there will always be battles. There will always be things we go through. But um, I agree with that acceleration. I agree with that, that we're going to reap what we've been sowing. Amen. And we're going to see a harvest. You cannot sow without seeing a harvest. And so it has to happen. And uh, we're going to be praying after service at the end of this service for our goals. And most of you know that. If anybody doesn't, um, we're going to have a time together at the altar uh, to, to just hold our goals. I've got mine right here. Uh, written down, uh, actually typed out because I don't write very good. And uh, if you have them this morning, we're going to pray over them. If you don't, don't, don't worry. You can always write them out and bring them to another service, and we'll pray over them. Um, but I want to place them before God and say, Lord, this is what I'm believing for this year. I've challenged you to write down no more than 10 things, although there's no rules. I, I like to keep it kind of simple so that we can attain these things. I challenge people, I met with a couple yesterday that hasn't been here, they've been on vacation, uh, just letting them know that you want to put down things that are personal, you want to put down things spiritually for growth, you want to put down things if you're married for your wife, for your family, for, and stuff like that, you want to put down um, things, that are, uh, things that are attainable and achievable with God, but then you also want to believe for things that are impossible. You want to put some goals down that if God is not involved, it cannot happen. Because we have to believe for the supernatural. Amen? And so we, we set some goals Wednesday night. If anybody wants to know what they are, we set some goals as a church. First time that I've ever done that publicly. Uh, some, some attendance, some souls, some things about outreach um, and different things. And one of the goals that we have is that we want to have more fire starters, which is home groups. And we want to double what we had last year. And so that means some people are going to have to step up and say, I'm willing to do that. And so we're going to get that kicked off this month at Paul and Brenda's house, this Tuesday actually. Um, we're going to have a, a kind of a goal-setting, planning thing. Um, she, she's, she's really excited about this, as you can see. Um, she brought hers. It's just taking stuff out of a magazine and posting it and making a, making a pic, visual. Um, so Tuesday night, anybody who's involved in Firestarters, serves in Firestarters, or wants to get involved in Firestarters, which is a Tuesday night Bible study during the, during the year, um, see Paul and Brenda after service for the, for the address, and that'll be this Tuesday. And we'd like to have a good kickoff, because that's an awesome opportunity for us to get another Bible study in outside of regular services, and, and also it's a place where um, questions can be asked and things can happen that sometimes can't happen in a, in a regular service. So um, one more announcement before we get into Ezra is, as Pastor mentioned uh, at, at the offering, we're going to be doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Did everybody... Uh, that is an adult uh, or a or a, a older child get this this morning. Does everybody have one of these? If you don't, let us know. Um, if you're not part of our church, um, you don't have to have it um, because we kind of need them for us. If you if you need it and you want it, you can keep it. But we want to make sure all of our church members that are that are faithful here get one. Um, these cost us money, so please don't throw them away and please don't lose them. I know the accidents can happen, but. Please, please, if you're not going to use it, give it back to us because it's, we don't want to throw money away. Amen? But this is a really important thing. I'm going to be talking more about this tonight and Wednesday than I am this morning uh, because I want to preach a message for this, for this goal setting. Um, but this is going to be a powerful thing that I, I just have no doubt within a month from today, we're going we're gonna to know that something is happening. Something's already happened and something's happening that is going to set this year in motion because we can, we can plan all day long, but we have to pray. Amen. And that's why this is going to be up all year starting this month. Prayer brings victory. Amen. So let's go to the book of Ezra chapter 3. 
And if you're taking notes, I want to talk this morning. You can see up here the power of praise. That's going to be uh, uh, part of the title. But I really want to talk about this. Are you weeping or shouting? Are you weeping or shouting? And we're going to read a story in Ezra chapter 3, starting around verse 8. And uh, I want to show you some things in the scriptures this morning. Because as we get into goal setting, um, there's an attitude that we have to have to see God move. And the attitude is... Uh, there's the old saying, your attitude determines your altitude. And the attitude that you have about life and the attitude that you have about uh, serving God and the attitude that you have about praising God and the attitude that you have about giving to God and the attitude that you have about serving God and all those things is determined not by me but by you. I determine it for myself and you determine it for yourself. And there's an attitude that we must have as believers which is an attitude of praise. Amen, an attitude of, of adoration, an attitude of thanksgiving. And so I want to read Ezra 3, verse 8. Now in the second month of the second year of their coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatil, Jeshua, the son of Zozadak, and the rest of all their brethren and priests and the Levites and all those who had come out of the captivity of Jerusalem began work and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and above to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. Then Jeshua, sorry, Jeshua, with his sons and brothers, Cadmiel with his sons and the sons of Judah, arose as one to oversee those working on the house of God, and the sons of Hanadad with their sons and the brethren of the Levites. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets. And the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord, according to the ordinance of King David of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Now I want you to notice these next three verses. Then all the people meditated quietly. Oh, I thought, my, I thought it said meditated. My bad. All the people shouted with a great shout. Now, it doesn't say screamed. I think there's a difference between screaming and shouting. Amen? But it says they shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord. Because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. What I, well, I'm going to read, continue to read here, but I want to give you an idea of where I'm going with this. I want you to understand that there's something about opening our mouths and praising and singing and clapping and shouting. And maybe this morning you're wondering why we do those things and, and you're not used to those things or you don't do those things. And I want you to know that it's never a thing that you have to do. It's something you get to do. And we always like to teach that. You don't have to do anything for God. You get to do things. Amen. And I thank God I have two hands that I can clap together. Amen. I thank God I have two feet I can stand on in praise and worship. I thank God I have arms that I can lift up. I thank God I have a mouth to be able to speak and that I can hear and eyes to see. Those are things we shouldn't take for granted. Amen. But I want, to, I want you to understand biblically this morning. This is a great message to start the year off for, for many different places. Jesse mentioned at prayer we're all at different places in our walk, in our understanding and I want you to know that everything we do in church is because it's in the Bible. We don't just do it because another church does it, but we do it because it's in the Word of God. 
And there's something powerful about this. And you'll have to ask your question as, as this question to yourself as the message goes on. Am I a weeper or am I a shouter? And, and what I want you to get out of that is I don't mean weeping. There are times of weeping. There are times at, 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 that we should weep and we should cry and we should be touched by God in that sense. But I'm, I'm, I want, might, might change that to are you, a, are you a shouter and a praiser or are you a party pooper? Maybe that's a better way to say it. Are you the one that dampens everything? Amen? And so there's an attitude of praise that is so powerful starting in the beginning of the Bible and going all the way through. But I do want you to see that there's a shout. Just at the end of praise and worship this morning, you notice that we, we do something that's a part of the service where we just clap and we just shout and we just praise God. That's biblical. And it's powerful. Amen? And, and, and if you stop and think for a second, I want to kind of relate this to our life. Many of you go to or have been to sports venues, been to concerts, uh, been to all kinds of different things that are entertainment. And don't people clap at those things? Don't people shout at those things? Don't people actually act fools at those things? Amen? They act crazy. They do wild things. But for some reason, somehow, some way, maybe it's been taught that when we come into the house of God, during the time of praise and worship, we must be somber. We must be quiet. We must um, uh, be respective. Respect is always there. Uh, and honor is always there. But there's a time and a place for everything. And so obviously, you don't have to shout. You don't have to clap. But it's an awesome blessing to be able to. And when I do that, I'm following what the Word of God says. And, and you might be asking in a second, what in the world does this have to do with goals? Well, I'll get there. Don't worry. Amen. Amen. You'll understand by the time I'm done. So let's continue to read in verse 12. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first temple, because they're building a new temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes, Yet many shouted aloud for joy. So there we see two types of people. Some are sad and some are glad. Some are still looking at the past and some are looking towards the future. Okay, as 2018 starts, are you, are you looking back and weeping about 2017 that you can't do anything about? Or are you excited about 2018 and proclaiming that it's going to be an awesome year and looking forward to what God has in the future, not what's not done in the past? Too many people are stuck in their past. And too many people think, well, this is the way it is. This is the way it's always going to be. God's never done it before. He's never going to do it. There's, that's the awesome thing about a new year. New opportunities, new chances, new freshness, new vision. Verse 13, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud voice and the sound was heard afar off. Father, for a few minutes this morning, I want to ask you just to anoint your word. I want to thank you for bringing all these beautiful men and women into this place, these precious people on a Sunday morning where it's kind of cloudy outside and, and rains in the forecast. But Lord, we've, we've come here because we're hungry for your word. We're, we're, we've come because we're ready to declare some things over this year, Lord God, as they are and not as they were, Father. Things that are not as though they're going to be, Father. We're going to speak these things into existence this morning. Lord, we come against every spirit of darkness, every spirit of the enemy, and we ask that you 
you'd open our hearts to listen, to hear, and to understand this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So are, are you weeping or shouting? I want you to write this down. God's faithfulness will always triumph over man's unfaithfulness. God's faithfulness will always triumph over man's unfaithfulness. Every single one of us in 2017 saw man's unfaithfulness in areas of our lives. But we have to understand that God's power is greater and his faithfulness is greater than man's unfaithfulness. Some of us this morning could, as I just mentioned, be coming in and, and, and kind of maybe glorying in the victories of last year. Some of you had some victories. Some of us had some victories last year. It wasn't all bad. Matter of fact, it doesn't matter how bad the year was, you had some victories. You might have troubles recognizing them, but you had some victories. But here's another thing. We also don't take our glorious victories into 2018 because it's a new year. We have to hope for some new ones. Amen. I don't want to live off of a victory five years ago. How many want to have a victory this week? How many want to have a victory next week? And next month? And the following month? And every month? All year long? Amen? I don't want to just say, man, that, man, that one victory last year. You know, a lot of people are stuck on that one victory, that one, that one triumph. And I believe that the Bible says, and what he says, he says he leads us from glory to glory. From triumph to triumph, amen? And But what this has to do with is I can't just pray over my goals this morning if I don't have an attitude of praise. If I don't have an attitude that is excited. You know the word great shout in Hebrew means teruah. A great shout, it says. It, there, it, again, it's not a scream. It's a shout. How many know there's a difference? How many know the difference of the sound? Amen? Uh, there's a difference between shouting and a kid screaming. Amen? There's a difference. And this shout is a shout of victory. This shout is mentioned over 36 times just in the Old Testament. And it's a cry of jubilee. And it's a victory shout. We are not called this morning to be defeated. We are called to be victorious. How many believe that this morning? You know, it, we, we, don't, we are not on a team that's going to lose. How exciting is that to be on a team that is undefeated? And cannot lose. That sounds crazy. All we have to do is stay in the game. We cannot lose this battle because our Lord, our master, our coach has already won the game. He just wants us to play it out. He just wants us to walk it out and stand in it. So I want to challenge you this morning to have an attitude this year, not of gloom, not of sadness, not of, of or, or even getting around. So moments will come when, when there'll be a time when you want to praise and you want to shout and you want to be excited, whether it looks good or not, and somebody around you will want to weep. Somebody around you will want to be the party pooper. Somebody around you will want to say, man, you know, here, I'm, I'm so bad, I'm so sad. I'm, and you have to say, you know what, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what's going on in your life or my life, I know that my God is a big God and I am victorious this morning and I'm not going to look at my circumstances. I'm going to shout unto God with a voice of triumph, amen, because God is undefeated and cannot be beat. And the Bible says, if God... God before us, who can be against us? Amen. We are on the winning team this morning. So don't live in yesterday's glory. I want to read a few Psalms. You won't have time to go there. But
But just listen to these if you would. These are some powerful psalms. I'm going to read three different places reiterating the power of singing to the Lord, shouting to the Lord, clapping to the Lord, uh, uh, praising the Lord. Psalms 95 says these words, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Why do we sing this morning? Because the Bible says to do it. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. You know, when we get to that climax of the service where we praise and we shout and we clap, maybe you don't like that. That's okay. You don't have to do it. But don't get mad at somebody else who does. Don't get mad at somebody else who's excited about God. Don't get mad at somebody else who who may be going through a real struggle and you might not even know it because they praise God. They don't let it show. They're not being a hypocrite. They're saying, God, I'm going to praise you in the midst of a storm this morning because I know that you're bigger than this problem. I know that you're bigger than this trial, and I'm going to praise you through it. I'm going to clap my hands through it. I'm going to shout through it. I'm I'm not putting on a fake face. I'm putting on a faith face. Amen. There's a difference. That I'm going to praise God because he's worthy to be praised. It doesn't matter if things are good or bad. God's still worthy. And he says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Again, in the same chapter, let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For us today, that's choruses. That's verses. That's songs that we sing. And I am biased this morning, but I think we have good music. I think we have good songs. I think we have good singers. Amen. I think we have good praise and worship, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. You know, sometimes you might say, you know what? One of the reasons I don't sing is because I can't sing good. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. Maybe you can't sing good. Just make a joyful noise. Some of us are, that's why we have choir. Amen. There's safety in numbers. Amen. Or do what they taught us in choir. When, when I was in choir all my life, they said, if you don't know the words, just move your lips and say cantaloupe and watermelon. They'd say, if you forget the words, just say cantaloupe and watermelon. Amen. And my daughters and my wife know I am a worshiper. I love to worship. I love to listen to worship. But I rarely get the words right. I am so good at throwing in my own words. And they laugh about it. And, I, and, and sometimes if I do it right, they'll be like, you got it right. But you know what? It's still a praise song to me, amen? I mean, I, I just change whatever sounds good to me, I just say it, amen? But it's still praise. It's still worship. So Psalms 98 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. Shout joyfully to the Lord. This is another psalm. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth Listen to this, break out in song, rejoice and sing praises, sing to the Lord with a harp, sing to the harp, with, sorry, with the harp and the sound of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of a horn, shout joyfully before the Lord the King. I just said shout joyfully six times in two chapters of Psalms, shout joyfully. So again, not asking us to scream this morning, doesn't say do cartwheels, doesn't say do push-ups, doesn't say run, but shouting's a powerful thing. Amen? And we are proclaiming victory. Did you know that every time we do that, when we go into prayer, when we clap and shout and everything, we are proclaiming victory? We are proclaiming victory every single service. Amen? How many know we wake up in the morning, we can say, Lord, today's going to be a victorious day. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are, because God is going to win the victory. That's faith. Psalm 100, let me read another one to you. Make a joyful shout 
to the Lord. So I'm not just picking one verse here. There's a bunch of them. And he says, all you lands. That's everybody. Serve the Lord. This is something we need to do this year. Serve the Lord with gladness. With gladness. This should not be a burden to us. Serving God should not be something. There, there'll be moments. There'll be moments which you, when you don't feel like serving God. But we shouldn't live like that. We should be excited to be part of the team, again, that is the greatest team in the whole world. The, the undefeated team, the corporate team, the evangelistic team, the team of the Lord. We are winners. Amen. So he says, all you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Here we go again. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is. He is God. That goes back to what we were talking about. When I'm, when I'm praising and I'm singing and I'm worshiping and I'm, and I'm enjoy, enjoying that corporate worship and praise together, I am, I am proclaiming to my flesh, I'm proclaiming to my situation, I'm proclaiming to the devil that God is victorious in my situation. And there's even so much more power in that. Maybe you're here this morning and the year's already started off bad. Maybe you've been sick. Maybe you've had some bad news. Maybe it's not going the way you want it to go already. And you have this attitude of, here we go again. Why is everybody so excited about a new year? It's just another year. And whatever. If you have that attitude, you need to change that attitude. And you need to get an attitude of praise. And you need to begin to praise God through that circumstance. And begin to say, Lord, this is going to be a different year because I'm going to be different. Right? What's the, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and what? Expecting a different result. So if you're going to be the same person this year, then yeah, you're probably going to have the same results. But if you will change you and you will change your attitude and you will change faith instead of, of, of fake, amen, you will see God move. Now, one of the things I want to say about this this morning is that Again, we have an opportunity to do this here, but it should not just be here. We should be praisers and worshipers every day, all day, everywhere. Amen? We should take the praise out of here with us. And we should, we should be that, that light to the people in other places. And so we get practice here. Everything we do in the church is for practice. And the Bible goes on to say here, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, not ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. And listen to this. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name for the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting. You know, these things right here, it's very similar to, to why the, the Bible talks about baptizing us in the Holy Spirit and allowing us to have a prayer language because our tongue is a wicked thing and when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we speak with that same tongue things that edify God. These hands can be very violent. These hands can steal. These hands can hurt. So I think that God takes the instruments of our body and he sanctifies them and he causes us to clap together. You know, you can either clap or you can slap. Yeah. Amen? If you're clapping, you can't slap. If you only have one hand moving, it's going somewhere. Amen? So we need to take those hands and put them together and let them slap each other. Amen? 
There's something powerful about clapping. When a president or a dignitary or someone famous walks into a place, what do people do? Clap, stand up, give him a standing ovation, clap forever. He's just a human being. Let me, let me challenge you this morning. Don't clap for people if you don't clap for God. If you're not going to be a clapper for God, then don't clap for people outside of this church. Come on. That's hypocritical. I'm going to be like this inside church, but outside if I like, uh, you know, don't do it. But this is a powerful thing. And I learned that when I first got saved. Everybody knows I'm a big sports fanatic. I used to get all excited and I used to shout at the thing, at the games and all that. And, and I just made a decision many years ago. I'm never going to get more excited about a sports game than I get excited about my Jesus. Ever. Amen. That's not going to happen. And so maybe you're hearing, man, I'm, I'm not excited about anything. Amen. I don't get excited. Some people are not that way. They don't show it on the outside. But you know what? You can begin to say, Lord, help me express my love and my thanksgiving to you in some way that shows it to you. It, it comes from here. I'm not saying to, you know, look, make, make, do it so everybody's looking at you. That's not the thing. But some people might be looking at you because you go clap on beat. Amen. Some of us have that problem. Amen. Come on, say, woe is me. Amen. Uh, some of us have that problem, and I think that these, these people up here, just so you know, I'm just going to take th 30 seconds for my wife to chase this rabbit. These people are praise team leaders in the choir and her and all the musicians so that we can watch them, and, and we are challenging them so they can be excited, and they can clap, and they can shout, and they can praise so that we do the same thing. So when they're clapping, all you got to do is clap with them. <laughs> like, over, like over in my section over there, we got a lot of different claps. We got a lot of different, a lot of different, and, I don't, and if every, people move around, don't get mad at me, amen. But I'm just chasing this rabbit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'll be like, hey, watch them. Watch them, amen. Can I just throw that in there? All right. So I know we get caught up trying to watch the words. You're like, I got to watch the words. I got to clap. I got to do that. But I'm just saying, it, it, a beat goes a long ways, amen. It helps. But if we clap together, there's something powerful about that corporate, corporate praise, corporate singing, corporate worship, corporate adoration. Amen. I was at a game the other day uh, watching our freshman team of the team of the, of the school that I coach for. And I always think about this. I was sitting right behind the bench and it was at our middle school. So it's a really small gym. And there was a lot of people there. Like a lot of people go to the eighth grade and freshman games. And so it's, it's really packed and I'm sitting right behind the bench. And there's this guy right behind me and he's cheering for our team. And um, he was annoying. Like he was, he was talking so much and he was yelling at the refs and he was, he was being really, really, really loud and, 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 and speaking things, telling the kids to do things. And I, as a coach, I was like, man, I would turn around and tell him to stop coaching. Hey, man, because he's not the coach, but he's telling the kids to do things. But I had this thought. He was being super loud, super demonstrative. And I, and I just had this 30 second. I was like, man, I wish I could see this dude in church. I just want to see if he's the same way in church as he is at that game. I just would like to see it. Amen? Oh, it got quiet in here. <laughs> right? Isn't that something to think about, though? Maybe he is that way. Maybe he's demonstrative and loud. But, man, wouldn't it be sad if he's at that game shouting and yelling and, yeah, and all this, and then at church he's like this? That, to me, just doesn't make sense. Come on, give me an amen. I'm speaking the truth. If you're like that outside, be that way everywhere. That's fine. But just don't come in here and die. We serve a living God. Amen? He's a living God. Be excited. 
So these men were discouraged. They were like, man, I don't like this new temple. I don't like where we're going with this. Things are changing. And these other men said, you know what? My shout's going to be louder than their pout. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to over, overcompensate for them being so down. And maybe sometimes it's not, maybe someone next to you in praise and worship is, is down. Maybe they are sometimes really praisers and stuff, but they're down. Then you can extra compensate for them and get them excited and maybe even say, Lord, touch that person. Let them feel the joy of the Holy Spirit. Let them feel your love. Let, by the time this service is over, let them feel better. You know, I don't think anybody ever comes to a service and if they come with the right heart, ever leaves worse than when they come, right? Don't we leave better off? Even if we come in down or discouraged, we leave better off. But there's a reason why God says to do these things in his word, because he knows how we are as people. He knows it. And so Psalms 147, sorry, 47 verse 1 says, Clap your hands, all you people, shout to God with the voice of joy. Psalms 134 verse 2 says, Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Some people say, why do we lift our hands? Because the Bible says to. Amen. I'm just being obedient. If I'm obedient in everything else, I'm obedient in that. So 1 Chronicles 16.9 says, sing to him. Sing praises to him. Speak of all his worships. When we worship the Lord and we clap our hands and we shout to God, if we do this, we're, I want you to think about this. This is pretty, pretty awesome. We, we might think, what is somebody else thinking about me? And, and, and why, you know, what, what, if, what if I'm embarrassed or if I look around and someone's, you know, the idea is I don't care. I don't care what people think about me. I care what God thinks about me. And when we worship and when we praise, it's to him. I'm not clapping for you. I'm not lifting my hands for you. I'm lifting my hands. I'm clapping. I'm singing because I'm thankful that I'm saved. Amen. I am thankful that my name is in the Lamb's book of life. And no matter what struggle I'm going through or trial I'm going through, I am still saved. I am still going to heaven. Amen. My name is still in the Lamb's book of life. And someone's pouting can't take my name out. Someone's weeping can't take my joy. Amen. I'm not going to let somebody steal my joy. Don't let it happen. But you know why? Because there's power and in praise. There's power in that. There's power in that when you when you when you push everything else off and you lift your hands, you clap your hands, you sing to the Lord. Psalms 33 1 says this: Sing for joy in the Lord, you righteous ones. This is powerful because praise is becoming of the upright. You know what that means? That means you look good when you praise. That's what it means. Praise is becoming to the upright, it says. You, you, you literally, Hebrew means you literally look beautiful when you praise. Amen. So I want to close with this. Let's go to Haggai chapter 2. If you would. How many still here? All right. There's, this, is, this, is, this is leading into us praying over these goals. Because I need to understand this year, as I set goals, some things are going to come to pass. Some things aren't. Some things are going to go the way I want them to go. Some things aren't. But I want to start this year off with the attitude, whether things go the way I want them to or not, my praise is going to be the same. My love for the Lord is going to be the same. My worship's going to be the same. You know, we learned that from Paul and Silas as you're getting to Haggai. We learned that from them. They were in chains. 
Guys, there's nothing you could possibly be going through this morning that even compares to what Paul and Silas were going through. They had been beaten. They were in a dark prison, and they were chained up. And somehow they found a way to praise the Lord. Amen. I, 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 I wish they'd make a, a, a really good movie about that. There might have been some made and stuff, but I would love to see like the greatest scene ever. And, it would, and it would, wouldn't it be awesome to be there? How many of you have ever been moved by music before? Been moved by a song? God, God created us that way. And then Satan, he, he moves us as well. Because he, he knows how to do it the other way. Amen. He knows how to change that. But God created us to be moved by music. And obviously music that glorifies him. But can you imagine what it would have been like to be there that, that night? To feel the presence of God as those men began to worship the Lord. And chains began to break. And the walls began to shake literally. And, and, and lives began to be changed. Well, that was Paul and Silas. I don't think God loves Paul and Silas any more than he loves you and me. I think he can break chains off of us just as much as he broke it off of them. Amen? In our praise and our worship. But maybe our greatest victory is in our most difficult time. Maybe the most powerful change or the most powerful presence of the Lord is when we need it the most. When we're really going through a struggle. So in the prophet Haggai, in Haggai chapter 2, verse 1, read this with me. He says, on the 21st, uh, is everybody there? Haggai chapter 2? Verse 1, on the 21st of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, the son of Shaltiel, governor of Judah, and to Yehoshua, the son of Yehoshaltak, the high priest, these names are killer, and to the remnant of the people. Watch this, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Does it seem to you like nothing in comparison? Now I want to stop for a second because I want you to understand this is another chapter talking about the same thing we just read. And basically he's saying maybe this temple, maybe this place you're in right now is not what you remember. We are, we are creatures of habit. And we sin, seem to think sometimes without recognizing it that if, if, if God is not moving the way he moved before, or if the songs we're singing are not my favorite songs, or if the, the word being preached is not my favorite message, or how many are getting what I'm saying? If things are not like I've, I've seen them before, then it's not God's not moving. But the Bible says that God is going to do a new thing. And so we cannot, and I remember this, and I've mentioned this a couple times, but I'll mention it again this morning. We've had some people in our church that have been to this. There was a revival in the 90s in Pensacola, Florida. That shook the entire nation. Hundreds of thousands of people got saved. It was so awesome and so powerful that at one time, police officers, when they arrested somebody, gave them the option to go to jail or to the church. That's how powerful this revival was. You can read on it. I, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people were saved in this one church. The evangelist that, that, that God used has passed away. The pastor is still alive and pastors a church. Not sure what state. But that was a powerful revival. But I remember I was barely saved. And I remember people saying, man, we've got to go to this revival. We've got to go and see what's, what's going on. And that's fine. But the problem is, and my dad will remember this, is people would go to it and they would take notes 
and they would try to write down the songs they sang. And they would try to write down the prayers they prayed. And they would try to copy a sovereign move of God. You cannot copy a sovereign move of God. They tried to come back and sing those songs in their church. Those same, and they were great choruses. They were great songs. But it wasn't the songs that brought the revival. It wasn't the, it wasn't the prayer words they used. It was the heart of revival that said, Lord, we want to see you do something you've never done before. If we're going to see the move of God this year, we all want to see. We don't need to go off former past glories. We need to say, God, what are you going to do this year in us? And you're going to do a new thing. Amen? You're going to do something that's not been done before so that you get the glory for it. Does anybody else in here want to see that? He goes on here to say, how do you see it now? Does it seem like nothing in comparison? But take courage, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Take courage, Yehushu. Yehoshu Hassan, of uh, that guy, the high priest, and all you people of the land, take courage, listen, take courage, and work, for I am with you. Work, for I am with you. Here's the word of the Lord for us this morning. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. For the promise which I made when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. How many know that's a word? My spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. If there's one thing we need to desire today, it's the spirit of the Lord. It's the presence of the Lord. It's the anointing of the Lord. He says, for the Lord says, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. I'm going to see the dry land wet. I'm going to shake the nations. Watch this. And they will come with the wealth of all nations. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord. Silver is mine, gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. Silver is gold, is mine, gold is mine, declares the Lord. God has all the resources we need. He has it all. He has it all. We just have to ask for it. We just have to work it. We just have to walk in it. And he says this, the last part, and this is a promise, and I believe it with all my heart, and I believe this more than any other year I've ever believed it in my life, the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. That means that the future that God has for you is better than your past. Man, I've had some good times. I've had God's really moved. That's great. But the future is going to be greater than the past. How many believe that this morning? How many believe that this morning? The future is going to be greater than the past. We're going to declare that this morning. We're going to believe that this morning. He didn't say, now watch this, he didn't say the glory of the building. We're in a nicer building than we were last year. But this building's not what's going to bring the revival. The spirit of the Lord is. The glory of the Lord is. The presence of the Lord is. And it's not going to be just in this house during services. It's going to be in your house. It's going to be in your workplace. It's going to be in your car. It's going to be at the supermarket. It's going to be at the school. It's going to be other places. Wherever you go, the glory of the Lord goes. Why? Because I praise. Because I worship. 
because I adore, because I lift up, because I shout unto God, and I declare these things. So as we begin this morning in a moment to pray and declare these things, we're going to do it with the spirit of praise. We're going to do it with the spirit of faith. We're going to do it with the spirit of thanksgiving. Amen. And we're going to believe that we're not just asking, but we're declaring. Because his word said right here, Now I want to ask you a question as we close. Is this word from Haggai, was that for that time alone? Or is it for today? I believe the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. I believe the word of God says, I'm the same yesterday as I am today, as I'll be forever. And so God is not a respecter of persons. He does not love any generation more than another. But what he does love is a generation who loves him. A generation who will, who will seek his face. We're going to be doing that this month like we never have before. I've done a lot of fasting and praying over the years. I've never done a 21-day corporately like this. I'm telling you, you're going to see God move in your lives. I want you to prepare yourselves. You're going to see God move in your lives in a way you've never seen in your life. Whether you've been saved a short time or a long time. There are some people in here who've been saved a very short time. And you're thinking, I don't even know what a move of God is. Well, get ready because you're about to find out what it is. You're about to see God move in a supernatural way in your life. You're about to see him do things you've never thought he could do. And there's also some people in here who've been saved a long time and have been praying for a long time for God to move. Well, get ready because you're going to see God move in a way he's never moved before. Even if he has moved great ways in your life, you're going to see the greatest because the best is yet to come. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the power of praise, the power of declaration this morning, that we can declare this morning those things that are not as though they were. Father, we thank you this morning for every man, every woman, every teenager that's in this place this morning. God, you are watching from heaven, and you are here this morning in this place by your Spirit. And Lord, you're not just here. You're in all the churches in this world, Lord God, that are seeking your face this morning. And we want to come into to unity this morning with the church, the body of Christ around the world. Father, to see a last day's move of God that we've never seen before. To see that acceleration. To see that provision. To see the miraculous and the signs and the wonders. And Lord God, the only reason we don't see those things is because we don't ask. Because we don't believe. Because we don't declare. This morning we're going to do those things. We're going to declare things over our lives, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, lots of different places and ways in our lives. And Lord, I'm so excited to, to know this morning that people have taken time to write down goals. They've prayed about it. They've thought about it. They've said, Lord, there's, here's some things in my life that I want to see you do. And, and Lord, I know that you're pleased this morning with the goals that we've written down. I know that you're excited this morning because many of the goals that we've written down have been more about your kingdom than about us. More about how we can grow closer to you than things we need financially or monetarily. And I know that excites you this morning. And I know, Lord, that we're, we're going to see a, a mighty, mighty transformation this year, Father. And this is going to be a great year. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, 
right before we dismiss, right before we take some time at the altar to pray over these goals corporately. How many in this place this morning, all over, could say, you know what, I, I need Jesus Christ to come into my life. I need to be saved this morning. I need to confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I need to know that if I died today that I would go to heaven, not because I deserve it, but because God's grace is so awesome and He loves you. If you're not sure this morning where you would go if you passed into eternity, listen, we only get one chance at this life. We don't get a second chance. The Bible does not mention that we come back as as something else. This is it. You get one chance to live your life and you have to know the Lord. He gave us salvation. He gave us a way to be forgiven. How many could say this morning, Pastor, I, I don't know Jesus. Would you pray for me? Just lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. That's me. I need prayer this morning. I need to know. Maybe you're here and you said that prayer at some point in your life, but this morning you, you're running. You don't even know it, but you're running from God. You need to come home. You need to get things. You need to say, Lord, I've lost my faith. I've, I've stopped believing. I've, I've started trusting in other things. I need to come home today. How many would say, that's me? I need to come back to my first love. Amen. Believing this morning that every person in here knows the Lord, I can have peace to know that we're all going to be together in heaven. But now we need to shift focus and we need to say, Lord, there's a whole bunch of people that I know that don't know you. There's a whole bunch of my family members. There's a whole bunch of people in Crum and Sanger and Denton and the surrounding cities that don't know Jesus. And this year, we're going to see the greatest move of God we've ever seen. We're going to see the most people come to be saved we've ever seen. And that's why we're going to have these goals so that God can build His church. I want to ask everyone to stand right where you're at. And I want to challenge you this morning to participate in this. If you do not have your goals with you, you can still participate. You can still do this and you can write them down later. God knows what you're going to write down anyways. But if you do have them, I want to ask this morning, um, we're going to sing a song in just a minute to close. But right before we do, I want to ask everybody just to come find a place standing across the front with your goals. And we're going to pray over them. Again, if you don't have them, you can still come and write them later. God will know. But we, we've been uh, talking about this. I know obviously some people didn't know about it. This isn't where you're going to show somebody your goals. This is between you and the Lord. You can keep the paper folded, keep the thing closed, whatever you want to do. But I want to pray for us this morning for these goals. And, and again, if you don't have it and you want to pray, um, you can have them later. But I, I want to I make a statement to the Lord that He's going to, He's going to do something for us. Maybe it's on your phone. Maybe it's in your computer. Maybe it's in your email. The good thing is God sees and knows, knows our email, knows our computer. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited to see what God's going to do. We've been doing this now for I don't know how many years. Does anybody know? Six or seven at least, eight, nine, a long time, probably eight or nine, eight years So since you've been here. We've done this every year. Paul, have you seen goals come to pass? Every year. How many more have seen goals come to pass? I mean, it would be very rare that you would write down goals and not have at least one that would come to pass. So I can give you encouragement that most likely not all of them are going to be fulfilled. Some of them are ongoing. One of mine every year is to draw closer to the Lord. It's an ongoing goal. 
I, I don't scratch that off. Oh, got that done. <laughs> you know, another goal that I have every year is to be the best father and husband that I can be. Ongoing. Can't scratch that off, right? Something that's ongoing. So some things, some things are continual, but some things are tangible. And, and, and another really cool thing is sometimes you'll write down a goal, or sorry, you'll, you'll, you'll have something happen that's a desire of your heart, that's not even a goal, not even something you wrote down, and, and God will give it to you because you're focused on other things. Many years ago when we bought our house, we weren't looking to buy a house. That house just opened up. It wasn't even on our list. And we bought a house that year because God saw the other things. So the neat thing is, Psalms 37 says, delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So I always like to say, Lord, I'm going to keep these things before you. But I know that if I'm doing what you want me to do, you're going to do things that I'm not even asking you to do. And that's the cool thing is because he's a good father. He's a faithful father. Amen. So let's pray over this. If you want to do it as couples, if you want to do it individually, however you want to do it, you know what they are. And we're just going to declare right now. We're going to anoint this and we're going to say, Lord, you see these? And we're going to, we're going to do our part to walk them out. And, and again, some of these things that are on here may be impossible unless God steps in.